Jesus says, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, does this offend you? Then what if he were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. <clears throat> the, words that I, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones who did not believe and who was the one who would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we, can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered to them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? Yet one, of, <clears throat> yet one of you is a devil. He was speaking of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. For he, though one of the twelve, was going to betray him. The reading of the gospel. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? Do you ever just want to say that right after a gospel text is read for a particular morning or a sermon is done? Like you look at your neighbor and think, wow, that teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? That is the reaction of Jesus' disciples when he finally, finally finishes preaching this sermon about bread, the bread of life, and about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Whoa, they say to one another, this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? And as a preacher on some of these texts, I've been thinking, amen, disciples, right? Can I get an Amen. All right, good job, Lutherans. <laughs> the entire finish of the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter, is difficult to understand. It is difficult to preach on. It is difficult to accept. The translation of this sentence, this teaching is difficult, is actually not quite right. The Greek word is logos, which could be translated teaching, but it also can be translated word. So we could say, this word is difficult, who could accept it? But in the Gospel of John, word doesn't just mean word. I mean, word is like, in the beginning there was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And so in the Gospel of John, logos, word, can also mean Jesus. This Jesus is difficult. Who can accept him? Hmm. 
we do, right? Here we are on this beautiful Sunday morning. We could be at the state fair. We could be at our cabins. We could be relaxing at home. But no, here we are listening to this difficult word in church and wondering why Jesus is telling us yet again to eat his flesh and drink his blood if we are to have life. I doubt that any of us are going to walk out this morning and say, that's it, I'm done. Well, the sermon's not over yet, so who knows. <laughs> but the gospel text didn't offend you enough for you not to stick around. The word, this Jesus, can be difficult. Jesus has been preaching for a while now in the synagogue in Capernaum. I would guess that he was rounding about 30 minutes on his sermon by the time he finally brings it to a close. People were looking at his wa their watches, wondering when he was going to sum it all up. And for those of us who have been consistently in church, we've been listening to this sermon for six long weeks. Right, Hub? Or five? It's five? Six or five or six? I don't know. I wasn't here for all of them. <laughs> I always thought it was six weeks on the bread of life. Anyhow, when he finishes the sermon, people gather in the fellowship hall for coffee and cookies, and conversation is not about what they're going to do that afternoon or how their family is, but instead people are talking about the sermon. What did he say? People are offended. People are confused. People are questioning. And Jesus, the preacher, comes out, and he gets in the midst of their conversation are you offended by what I have to say? And some decide, that's it. I don't need to follow Jesus anymore. And they get up and they leave. And others say, well, where else would we go? Might as well stick around and follow for a little while longer. Some do follow, some will believe, and some eventually will betray him. For this is what it is to follow this difficult, difficult word of Jesus. This huge spectrum of reactions to Jesus, his life, and his teaching is pretty normal. Nobody actually thinks following him is a simple thing. Instead, they all acknowledge how hard it can be. When I was a kid, I didn't think following Jesus was overly difficult. And maybe you didn't either. I was born and raised in the church, and outside of having to get up early on a Sunday morning, it wasn't too hard. I mean, that part was a little bit difficult, but not overly strenuous. For the most part, following my faith was something that just happened. All of the holidays in the school year or breaks coincidentally coincided with my religious upbringing. That was help helpful. And most of my friends were Christians as well. And usually if there was a difficult story that we would hear in church, I would just kind of tune it out and think about other things. Maybe you do the same. And so I would have responded about something like our text for this morning, like Simon Peter did. Well, where else would I go? Jesus has the words of eternal life. Who else would I follow if it wasn't Jesus? I didn't think I had many options as a kid. And the promise of love and salvation from God, well, those sounded pretty good, so might as well just stick around. But when I was 15 years old, I met a friend who confronted me with his lack of faith. He didn't just say, I don't believe in Jesus and walk away, but he instead pressed me. Why do you actually believe, he said. 
what do you actually think about Jesus? And surprisingly, he knew his scriptures way better than I did. He had thought and he had wrestled and he had struggled and he had decided for himself that this was something he could not believe in. And so for the very first time, I had to confront my own faith and I felt convicted. I could convince him to believe, but I didn't really have much foundation to stand on. And so as much as I tried to talk in circles and weave my way around and kind of tell him about God's love and the things that I thought I believed, in the end I realized I wasn't so sure. Suddenly Jesus' teachings that I thought were so simple seemed a lot more complicated and difficult and I started to struggle with this God that I had been told throughout my whole life loved me so much. Who is this God? Is he a God of judgment or a God of love? Is he a God that needs my faith, my beliefs to be dependent upon him loving me or vice versa? And I just didn't know what to do with it. I wanted so much for my friend to believe and for me to go back to having that simple, simple faith, but it just wasn't possible. And I had to agree that this word, this teaching, this Jesus was difficult. My friend didn't allow me in the end to have a simple faith. I actually had to dig into my scriptures and confront what Jesus really had to say. I had to search and ponder who God was and I talked my pastor's ears off as I did this. Thankfully, they were willing to listen to a 15-year-old girl with a lot of questions. And in the end, I was blown away about what Jesus really had to say. And to be honest, what Jesus says about flesh and blood in the sixth chapter of John is not the most difficult part to accept. I mean, that part's weird. I'll let give you that. But Jesus says a lot of more difficult things, like how I should turn my other cheek, how I have to forgive my enemies 77 times. 77 times 7, maybe? I just have to keep forgiving? That I'm supposed to care for the poor and the widow, the stranger and the immigrant above everyone else. That my call as a Christian is to pay attention to my neighbor and put them before myself. Whoa, this teaching, this Jesus is difficult. And then, of course, there is this whole call from Jesus to walk toward suffering and pain. And to recognize that it is in the midst of pain and suffering that God is most truly there. And I wasn't so sure that I wanted to go and follow this Jesus into those hard places in our world and in my life. And yet, nevertheless, this is what Jesus calls us to do. Doesn't sound too simple to me. See, we might find ways to ignore Jesus' command or to talk around him or just not listen. But he is consistent. He is consistent in his words. He is consistent in his ways. And he says to us over and over again, love, forgive, care, welcome. That's his word. Sounds simple, but executed? Oh, it's difficult. Upon hearing it, some of us will walk away. Others of us will listen with a deaf ear and just pick up the parts that we like the best and go about our business. Others of us will say, well, what else can I do? Some of us will betray him. Some of us will deny him. And if we're honest, in our journey of faith, we do all of those things. 
we will believe one day and trust, and the next day we will question and doubt, and then we might believe again and then deny and then betray and perhaps come back the whole circle. And maybe we even do that on any given day if we're really listening to what Jesus has to say to us. And yet Jesus' word back to us is not only difficult, but it is comforting, it is reassuring, it is consistent. Abide with me, Jesus says. I love you. I forgive you. I walk with you. As I've been trying to figure this whole thing out this week, Simon Peter is the one I keep coming back to. Simon Peter in our text this morning seems to be the one with the most rock-solid faith, right? He says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. In this moment, Peter's all in there. Of course I'm going to be there with you. We even wrote a gospel acclamation with his words. We sing it very often. But his faith doesn't stay that way forever. See, Jesus starts talking about the cross and suffering, and before too long, Peter is not so gung-ho. And when Jesus actually starts to walk that path to the cross, Peter is one who denies him. Jesus' path is too difficult for him to accept. And so Peter does it all. Faithfulness, doubt, struggle, denial, betrayal. But in the end, it is not Peter's faith that matters. It is Jesus' faith. For the story doesn't end with Peter's denial, but instead Peter sees Jesus again. The next time they meet is on a beach after G Peter has gone fishing. The Gospel of John ends with this great story. Jesus has died and the disciples are confused. So what do you do when you're confused? You go fishing. Some time to think, right, Dick? <laughs> and so he's out there fishing and someone calls to him from the shore and gives him some fishing advice and Peter instantly knows it's the Lord. And so he leaps into the water and swims to shore. And you would think in this moment, the first time that Peter encounters the risen Christ after he has denied and betrayed him, that Jesus just might say something like pointing that out. But instead... Jesus says, come and eat. And he makes them breakfast. He feeds them fish. And they eat together. See, in our life of faith, no matter what our reaction is to Jesus, no matter where we are on any given day of the week, may it be that we are denying or betraying or believing or doubting or struggle, Jesus gives us this invitation. Come and eat. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to feed you this living bread, this bread of promise, this bread of life, this bread that changes everything. For indeed, my word is difficult, but you're difficult too. And I love you, and I'll feed you no matter what. Amen.